Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. We've got a return uh, guest back with us, Richard Anderson, the Executive Director from SmartServe Ontario. Welcome, Richard. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure to be here. Your last session really took base with our members. You know, a lot of people listened in to hear about uh, SmartServe and what was up and and. At the time, you were just in the stages of uh, redeveloping and reworking some of your framework. That's now complete, and you've launched that. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you've done and, and what's available now for for your members and yeah. people uh, looking to become a member? No, for sure. So, um, uh, you know, stepping back again, uh, SmartServe has trained 1.5 million people since inception. We train about 100,000 a year. But the exciting part was it was time for us to upgrade our program and um, I spoke about it for quite some time. So I'm pleased to say that on October 11, uh, we launched the refresh program. And really, what does that mean? Well, it includes kind of a, a lot of updated technology. Uh, we had a lot of problems in the past with people with uh, uh, browser issues, et cetera. So that's been uh, dealt with in a positive way. Program is more accessible and more user-friendly. Uh, it's broken out into shorter modules. So today's learning environment allows you to learn at your pace and uh, you can do it in bits and pieces. Uh, the previous program made you watch that 20-minute video uh, and you couldn't fast forward, you couldn't go back, so you now have that opportunity. So you fully control it. Uh, there's new games and videos and role-playing. It's easy to navigate. You move at your own pace. And, uh, and I think the key is we've updated it, meaning uh, this current government made a lot of changes in May to the Liquor License Act. We have reflected those. Uh, we have a retail module. We've included a new cannabis module. And uh, the other thing that's important is it's in six languages. Uh, so we currently do in English, French, Chinese, Korean, Punjabi, and Spanish. Uh, we know that the industry uh, kind of uh, uses all different types of, uh, of people in different languages. And so we're, we're happy that we can support that. Now, how does it work? If, if Say you were uh, smart served prior to October 11th, 2019, um, and you're hired at a licensed establishment. Does your ticket still hold, or is there a requirement to have an updated for new hires, or how does that sure. work in the framework? Uh, so it's a mandatory training in Ontario, which we're aware of. Uh, there is no current requirement for recertification. However, we believe strongly that with the addition of cannabis, with the change in, in the, the liquor laws, that if you're active in the industry, we really would encourage you to refresh. Uh, again, it's voluntary. I don't want to suggest it's mandatory. Um, what I will say is that we believe, I believe that in the next year or two, you will see recertification. Uh, we've been uh, talking to the government and partners about that, and we are the only province that currently doesn't do it. And uh, we know that when you're running your events and your activities, you want uh, well-trained, smart-served people to protect your event uh, and hopefully lower the risk. And at, at this point, is there a cost for recertification? Or if you've already got your card, do you... How does that work? Sure. So voluntary recertification is twenty four ninety five. Uh, if you were a new student, it would be thirty four ninety five. So there is a bit of a reduction. Uh, again, uh, if you're active and you're still in the industry, uh, we would highly recommend it. And again, just because of the new changes, I think people maybe are a little disconnected there. So 
I think it's important that they do that. And I think if if for nothing else, just the cannabis uh, introduction last year, you know, around October, we've been through the cycle for one year now, especially for the events people. But the implication that cannabis has on your liquor license and and on your staff and servers to recognize not necessarily the difference because I know you're a big proponent in intoxicated is intoxicated and yeah. how you got there is for sure the establishment and your yeah. your problem but yeah. um you know for and and you know later in the in the podcast we can talk about last year and what you saw and what we saw but mm-hmm. I think it's important for festival people and volunteer based organizations especially who are involved with liquor and have an SOP to really understand the impact of marijuana yes on your SOP so there's no question that this is the biggest change in our environment probably you know in my you know history on this planet uh, outside of the legalization of alcohol, which goes way back. So this is the biggest change to, uh, you know, Ontario, uh, certainly Canada. What are the impacts? I think, you know, minimal we can tell. It hasn't been a massive impact. But I think the biggest issue is understanding that intoxication comes in various, you know, different uh, ways. And whether it's alcohol, drugs, illegal drugs, et cetera, uh, it's important on the server to always look for intoxication. And, you know, cannabis was legalized. Now we have legalized infused beverages, uh, topical creams, and infused dining. And although it's not quote-unquote legal right now, it will be before Christmas when people will be able to get access to these. Uh, We also know that if you do your homework, you can buy the oils and you can cook at home and you can do these things now, and, and it does happen. What does that mean? It means that minimally you should be aware that it takes up to an hour for an edible to take effect. Uh, When you smoke something, it's within minutes. And I think those minimal ammunition that you can have in your education to understand how that, uh, when combined with alcohol, can be a a problem and uh, to keep an eye out for it. And I think that's the, the big implication is how it interacts and how it works together. And if you're a license holder, you're not generating revenue from that marijuana or cannabis source. It's yeah. it's all outside of your realm of doing business. Yeah, and I think it just adds more challenge to risk that, that uh, owners and licensees and special occasion permit holders deal with every day. And it, it's the other the other side of the coin is that whole customer experience. And you know, it, since it is legal, you know owners, operators, uh, festivals, they're looking at how can we incorporate it. And other than SmartServe, I don't know of any other agency that's really working in, in trying to help festival event managers, licensees deal with the issue. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a surprise to me. So, you know, the cannabis space isn't our space. You know, we were founded on safe and responsible sale of alcohol and, and service. And we know that cannabis and other drugs impact that. Uh, so that's why we educate. But, you know, there, there's uh, many cannabis companies. There's a, a, a company that trains those that serve that, uh, you know, should probably get more engaged in education. But I still think it's so early that there, there's not too much to say. Uh, and they're not confident in, in the information. And, and finally, there still isn't a lot of research. So perfect example is... 
you know, again, I've talked about 100 years of research on alcohol. Uh, when you combine alcohol with cannabis, there isn't a lot of research. Uh, early indications are it's not good. Do we think that's a surprise? We don't. The question is, why is it not good? Um, some would suggest that the THC uh, impact on the system increases w when combined with alcohol, but we're still kind of waiting on the data for that before we start uh, educating people. And, and, I think, and I hate to beat this issue to death, but I, I, I do, and I will continue to do it. If you are an SOP holder and you have a, an intoxicated person who hasn't bought one ounce of alcohol from you mm -hmm. and continues to consume cannabis on site and, and then is deemed by an inspector to be intoxicated, over-served, mm -hmm. it's a direct impact on your liquor license, is it not? Yeah, I mean, you know, without getting into the legal process, there's no question that a, an inspector or an officer could make a decision right there on the spot, uh, and then you would have to go through the process. But there's usually an investigation to determine, you know, who last served this individual and uh, what processes you had in place. Were, were the servers smart, served, trained? Um, is there a risk program? There, there's so many things that they look for. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I would blanket it with that worry immediately, but I would say that you are responsible for all the patrons you let into your licensed area. So uh, you raise the point that you're responsible for them and uh, you may have to prove that you didn't serve them. So uh, the more you watch your patrons, uh, it's in your best interest, that's for sure. Richard Anderson from SmartServe Ontario is our guest today. Back in just a minute with Feel on the Air. Festivals and Events Ontario supports a lively, engaged, and dedicated festival and events industry. Purchase your Festivals and Events Ontario membership today and get a team of people working to help you succeed. Here's just a few benefits that membership provides. Promotion, saving money, networking, industry awards, supplier discounts, communications, skills development, and so much more. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. FIO on the air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Welcome back to FIO on the air. We have Richard Anderson, the executive director of SmartServe Ontario with us. Richard, we've been through a full cycle now in the festival world of, well, I guess not a full cycle. We've still got um, edibles coming in, but what, what is your experience being with the cannabis introduction? Uh, I know from an event world, we've had a lot of questions. Um, I've sort of given my opinion about your liquor license and being careful and, and sort of follow your line of intoxicated is intoxicated. Some festivals took a proactive approach and took some chances. Others started to take some chances and backed off. Overall, what was your, what have you seen? And I know you're involved with the sound of music as well, so. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's fair to say that, you know, uh, people were, were kind of afraid what to expect. Uh, at the end of the day, if they continued to use their common sense and they used the intoxication methodology, I think they were fine. The feedback we got is they were more worried about the smoke-free act and people smoking cannabis in areas they shouldn't have been. Uh, but I don't think there was this massive confusion or concern attached to this individual's high, I don't want to serve them. So I think that uh, business as usual continued. Uh, the feedback we received from licensees was it wasn't much different than the previous year. Um, 
but they were prepared. They were sensitive to intoxication. And uh, I can't even tell you if there was a, a belief that more people were cut off than normal. But uh, the good news, it wasn't a massive impact. It seemed to be business as usual. And you touch base with a lot of people out there. Have you? And I know one of the things is marketing cannabis. And, and I mean, that continues to be a very dark gray, light gray, medium gray, but a very gray market. And, yeah. and these companies have a lot of money. I mean, the Ontario government lost money selling marijuana. Yeah. Don't yeah. know how, don't know why. But, um, you know, these guys are eager to get that money into the marketplace. Yes. Um, is, is there work to make that any easier that you're aware of? Um, you know, I, the only thing I can suggest to you is you do your due diligence and you get legal, uh, you know, information on whether you choose to go down that road. Uh, Health Canada is the one that uh, determines what the rules are around sponsorship and marketing. And, uh, you know, even in my experience with the festival that I, I volunteer with, uh, you know, we made a decision to not do that. And, uh, you know, there's no question you need to get advice, you need to be clear, you need to reach out to Health Canada to find out what the rules are. Um, I think as the years go on, the, the things might lighten up a little bit, but just be very clear, do your due diligence, because if you don't, it could backfire. So um, the money's available, but don't just take it for uh, without doing your homework. Now, the, the edible portion of cannabis was supposed to roll out October 17th. What What's the delay there or what... Uh, sure. What's happening on in that framework? So the, the funny part is it's illegal, sorry, it's legal as of October 17th. However, you can't buy it anywhere. So it's kind of funny. Um, you need a minimum of 60 days to get Health Canada to approve your product. So we anticipate, um, and this is what I've heard, is just prior to Christmas, the first uh, batch of approved products will be released. So I think you're going to see some um, uh, infused beverages. I think you're going to see some infused edibles uh, and topicals, of course, will be. So you will see that at the uh, legal stores, and that's where you will be able to purchase them only. Now, with, with your smart serve and your program, um, you know, a lot of the culinary tourism, are, a lot of talk in that framework right now is around those infused dinners. And and how, how is smart serve dealing with that? Uh, I would say that's arm's length for us. That's not something we're jumping into. I think at the end of the day, you know, we're always going to monitor intoxication. And, you know, if Health Canada and others uh, allow that to occur, whether it's mixed with alcohol, that's where we want our uh, smart served uh, certificate holders to be extra diligent. And uh, at the moment, I don't know what the crossover is, if any. I, I had heard that if you're having an infused dining experience, that it is separate from alcohol could be wrong because I you know we're still unclear on that uh, but early indicators were if you have an infused license you don't have a liquor license uh, I would suspect that may change but that's what we're hearing right now that was my understanding that was going to be my next question because you know when you talk about the cannabis beverages and stuff as well yes I mean obviously if you're serving a cannabis alcohol-based beverage you're serving mm -hmm. other alcohol so how do yeah um, the infused beverages for sure will only be available to start with in the Ontario uh, cannabis stores that have been approved. So you can't go into the local bar and buy an infused beverage. Uh, I would say initially that'll be the case. Whether that changes down the road, again, that's Health Canada, or whether they've empowered each province to make that call, um, we're still waiting to find out. So, so just to be clear there, your understanding is that you want, say you're running a, a festival, and you have a beer tent. 
Yeah. You will not be able to sell a, a cannabis-infused beer in that tent. Correct. It's just for sale. Exactly. Locally and... Yeah. Now, again, that may change. The We know that this is an ever-changing kind of... Uh, education and and i think health canada and the government is changing as they evolve and learn more from it but it's to be separated um and i think the the reason seems quite clear when you mix the two together it's uh, could be troubling so i think they're trying to separate them uh, at the end of the day if someone wants to have an infused product at home or uh, you know edibles and and come out to a bar and buy a beverage you can't control that you understand the signs and symptoms of intoxication and that's what we always educate on now back to your smart serve updates and and your training um i know in some of your information you're talking about tokens or tickets that different employees can purchase for their staff to take the program is that a new initiative or is that something that has always been offered offered through SmartServe? Uh, so in the past, uh, we had about 2,000 facilitators in the province. We also had some licensees that chose to train their employees themselves. The new model is strictly online. Uh, if you want to do it, you have to reapply. Uh, we had a lot of people teaching SmartServe who had no knowledge of the industry. Uh, it doesn't mean they were or weren't a good instructor. Uh, we're now ensuring the quality of the instruction. And with the change, we're seeing quite a reduction uh, in the number of facilitators. However, if you as an employer uh, want to track your employees, let's say you've got 25 employees, you as the employer can buy the tokens, set up an account, issue the tokens to your employees who take it online, and you can monitor them. So you have, you're able to see if uh, Johnny took the test, you're able to see what his grade was, and you're able to have a copy of his certificate number. So that's in the case of a, uh, a licensee or an event holder that wants to be able to manage it. Obviously, the easiest way is go take it and bring me your certificate, um, but that's, uh, some people prefer that approach. Now, let, let's talk about the importance of that certificate and that whole process, yes. especially in the event world. I think in the licensee world, they have processes and procedures there. Mm-hmm. But for that event that is once or twice a year and you're operating a beer tent and you're employing servers, yeah. it's important that you have a copy of their certificate or their... Yeah. So that's a great point, Dave. I think the bottom line is if an inspector comes in, if they've been uh, complaints been made or they're just doing a regular check... They may simply say, prove to me that all your servers have their smart serve. And it would be on you as the manager on duty to open up the binder and say, here's copy. There's 12 working right now. Here's the 12. Here's their certificates. Uh, it's going to make life a lot easier for you than that inspector going to each person, pulling them off the line in a, in a busy event, asking for a copy or asking to see it. So, um, to be proactive, to reduce risk, and uh, it's important that the managers have copies of them for sure. And and just so that I'm clear, and I, I'm thinking through a full process of uh, liquor involved in a festival, say you have somebody that's simply running uh, two-by-fours or kegs from a reefer truck up to a beer tent. Is anybody that touches the alcohol in the process has to be smart-served, or is it just those dealing with the front-end consumers and distribution sure. no that's a great point so anyone who sells handles or serves uh if you're handling alcohol so you're not serving it you need to be 18 and above uh you know we've heard stories of you know the bus boy in the restaurant who's 15 who's grabbing an empty glass that's gray um but at the at the end of the day 18 and above must be smart serve trained to even handle the alcohol 
So obviously you've been through the new program compared to the old program and, and probably closer than anybody else. What do you think of the new model sure. compared to the old model? Um, you know, I don't want to get into all the buzzwords, but certainly the feedback is, you know, it's easy for me. I'm a bit biased, but, I, you know, the feedback from those, uh, uh, I, I should first step back. We, we said to anybody who's taken it in the last year, so from July 15, 19 to July 15, 18, anybody who took the program was given a free opportunity to upgrade. And that still stands. So if you know of anyone, they're welcome. It'll be in their account and they can take it. The best gauge for me were those people who took it, the old program, uh, voluntarily took the upgrade, and the feedback was was pretty amazing along the lines of night and day, uh, very user-friendly, very visual. Uh, the languages, there were certainly, uh, uh, we had different cultures who were thrilled to be able to, to understand it better in their language. Uh, so feedback has been good. Uh, they can do it at their own pace, which is massive. And the other little thing, and which isn't so little, is, uh, you know, the, this generation wants to do it on their iPad or on any device, anywhere, anytime. You can now do that with this program. So you could do it on your iPhone. You can take the test on the iPhone as long as you have a camera. And I think those little things have made it much easier for um, our certificate holders to give them a better experience. So I'm going to get personal here now. My wife has just gone through uh, the smart serve. She's gone through the, take the, the components and okay. is ready to take the test. Sure. But, of course, my iMac camera is not working okay can she go in on her um ipad yeah even though she, so she's been through it on one device she can take yeah. the test on it another. makes no difference and i think it's important to note where some people get a little freaked out is it is proctored proctored means someone's managing uh, and watching you uh, in this case it's biometrics and artificial intelligence that watches you as you take the exam uh, and it looks for anomalies. So if you leave the camera view, if all of a sudden you, uh, you know, pull up another browser because you're trying to find some answers, I mean, there's no question. It's to deal with the integrity of the program. You have two chances to write the exam. You need 80% or better to pass. And uh, I think as long as everyone understands uh, the methodology and the approach that it's a pretty simple process. Richard Anderson from SmartServe Ontario is our guest back in just a minute with Theo on the air. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. Theo on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome back to Theo on the Air. Richard Anderson, the Executive Director from SmartServe Ontario, is our guest. Richard, we always get a lot of information from you, and our, our, our listeners are interested in, in what they have to do because it's all part of a risk management plan. And, and these days, fortunately, unfortunately, risk management is a huge piece of our festival and events world. Mm -hmm. So much so that I almost think we're losing creativity to the fear of what might happen. Yes. What's your experience been with the smart sure. serve through that? I think there's no question that, you know, events uh, have their own level of risk regardless. 
uh, the minute you add alcohol to that factor, which many uh, you know festivals and events do strictly to bring in some revenue, you immediately expose yourself further. And depending on you know how you coordinate your your staff and smart serve training and the rest of your risk program, having alcohol can add a lot and and you know can can actually make it more difficult for you. So it's really important that you have a clear plan how you deal with intoxicated individuals. So just because you've taken your SmartServe program, that's one thing. But the team has to have a clear plan on how to deal with it, how we communicate, how we communicate with security, how we remove a patron, how we ensure they get home safe. Uh, So those are really important factors in the overall plan. So just because I'm SmartServe trained and I've decided to cut someone off because I think they're intoxicated and I have that right to do it, What's the next step? And I think it's important that that be an open conversation with the team because it's more than just one person. And I think we know that in the event realm. So always uh, top of mind for sure. And and I'm going to step back a little bit because I was under the assumption at one time, correct me if I'm wrong or if it's changing or if it's something that in the, it's in the works, is that in a lot of, fest, let's say, use the festival world, a lot of uh, senior management, senior board members aren't smart served, but they're directing. Um, and in some cases, their names are on the SOP. Mm-hmm. If your name is on an SOP, are you required to be smart served? So the, the uh, Alcohol Gaming Commission says if you are a uh, special occasion permit holder, you aren't required to have smart serve. Um, I certainly would recommend it because you then clearly understand your responsibility. Uh, and a lot of people... Um, you know, do take it because they realize that how can I direct? At the end of the day, if you're not handling the alcohol, you aren't necessarily uh, required to have it. However, most municipalities in this province have an alcohol policy, and the alcohol policy is clear. Smart serve is required for anybody who has this, including the holder. So I would say that's pretty common in this province now, but ultimately to apply for it, you don't have to prove uh, that you have it. So it's an interesting kind of mix there. Now I'm going to go to Richard Anderson, the board member from Sound of Music in Burlington. Um, how does your board deal with uh, SmartServe and, and managing alcohol? Because it's a big part of your event. Uh, sure. Uh, it is a big part. It is, you know, we, we count on that revenue. We have numerous bars at numerous locations. Uh, we have a very capable Uh, operations group and a a person that manages it for us. Uh, She manages all the people that are uh, uh, SmartServe trained and and allocated to each area. So, you know, again, I get back to the comment that they need to be, um, they need to be, have a process in place and a clear policy manual on how to deal with alcohol. We've got that in place and that's, again, an important part of it. So, so part of that board uh, knowledge and base, and, and we're happy to announce today that you're going to be back at our conference in Richmond Hill in February 25th, 26th, and 27th. And, and you'll be speaking about SmartServe and, and the, the updates and, and the changes you've made. And uh, what else can people expect to hear from SmartServe? Yeah, I, I think that we'll have had a month or two of, of legalized edibles and, and topicals, and we'll have hopefully some conversations about that and its impact um, certainly we'll be able to bring some feedback on, on the new program and how it's doing. Uh, and, and, you know, getting feedback from, you know, people throughout the province on kind of the program itself, but how people are implementing. And, and uh, always good to get the feedback on how, uh, what challenges uh, the events and, 
and licensees are having. So that's kind of high level on what we're looking at. And I think that's such an important part of our conferences is those networking sessions. And for people like you and me, you know, the sessions are one thing and being in the room is, is one part of it. But that sharing of experiences with you in the hallway or with me in the hallway of different things that have happened that yeah. helps build a knowledge base and share best practices throughout the community. Yeah, no question. And, I, and last year I was pleased to be able to sit on a panel and I, I love personally the panel approach. So it's not centered on one particular topic. You've got people with varied expertise. You know, last year we had the, the chief of police from Waterloo and uh, we had Megan Henderson, uh, valuable. And I think that if we continue to add and, and bring in a legal perspective, et cetera, I think that will continue to answer questions uh, that maybe festival and events uh, people in Ontario might have. Anything in the works for SmartServe? I know you're just launching something and probably want to sit back and let this run its course, but yeah, what, what's on the horizon for I think it's important that SmartServe always uh, maintains a, a quality program. So uh, as this government continues to make change, as the, the, you know, the cannabis piece evolves, we'll continue to update our program and make sure it's uh, you know, up to date with the latest information. Um, just as a, a side note, the most recent government announcement, which isn't necessarily impactful to um, FEO, but the government announced 24-7 service in airports. And, uh, you know, some may think, wow, that's great. Others may think, wow, that's not great. So that's another recent addition to um, the, the changes in the Liquor License Act in Ontario. So we'll continue to work with the Alcohol and Gaming Commission. We'll continue to work with FEO and our partners to communicate any new changes. And as always, I, I welcome anyone to reach out to us if they have any questions. Richard Anderson, the Executive Director from SmartServe, has been our guest. Richard, thank you very much. Very informative, as always. Thank you. We'll see you in February. You've been listening to Feel on the Air. Thanks for listening to Feel on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with Theo on the air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now. Dave at festivals and events Ontario.ca